Hey, let's jump in. Let's jump in. I'm going to pray. God, I just pray for uh, the last sermon in this series. Uh, I pray, Father, that uh, you've cultivated the hearts and minds that are of those who are sitting here. I pray that you'll calm us enough that we can be able to listen to what it is that you have to say. Um, Father, stir in us your spirit that we would make the choices that you desperately need us to make, that we would change the world that we live in. Father, to the fullest extent, make us disciples who are willing to follow you wherever you might go. Give us this kind of courage and boldness. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Unmodern Family. We've talked about it for weeks, haven't we? Uh, really, almost all summer long, we have, we have said over and over again, how is it that we take kingdom values and have those kind of kingdom values show up in our living rooms and in our dining rooms and in our kitchens, right? And we have talked about the different relationships of the family, and we hopefully have been equipped uh, to go out into the world and with our families and, and just allow those kingdom values to begin to take shape where everything becomes new, where kingdom actually begins to happen right there in front of us, right? The kingdom, you understand, is, is wherever God's reign and rule is. And when we practice those kinds of things that show up in those intimate relationships in our life, the kingdom shows up. Jesus is there. And we have talked endlessly about that, and, and, and as disciples of Jesus, we aspire to that. We want that. We want to follow Jesus into that, right? And yet I, I have heard some of you ask the questions after service in conversations with me and perhaps in conversations with others. What about the modern family? What is our response to those who are the modern family? To those who are our neighbors and our friends and our colleagues at work who, who quite frankly, don't share our kingdom value. Who have virtues that are very different than our own. What about those people, Mike? What does the Bible have to say about our response to them? And so for weeks, I have been just pouring myself over this question. How is it that we should respond? What is it that we should be doing in response to the modern family as we try and hold the tension of how we respond to the modern family and how we live out being the unmodern one? And so in answer to that question, how is it that we're going to go about responding to the modern family? I, I found a story, a story of Scripture that just seems so, so clearly to answer that question, that this morning I, I want your permission to be able to just bring this message to you in a way that perhaps we, we don't often do. I want to bring you a perspective of a person who, who was there in Scripture. And so this morning I'm going to become a character and allow you to hear a story that answers the question, how should we respond to the modern family? 
My name's Tim. It's good to be here today. Not Timothy and not Timmy. There's only one person in my world that could ever get away with calling me Timothy or Timmy, and that's not you. That was my mom. I really don't even want to talk about me this morning. I really want to talk to you about my mom. You'll get to know a lot about my mom, but every time I would get in trouble, every time I would, I would mess up, my mom would sit me down at the table and she'd say, Timothy, which I hated, Timothy, I want to tell you a story. And I always knew what was coming. She was going to tell me that same old story that she always told me when I got in trouble. It was about the day that she went to the well. You see, she would tell it like this. Timmy, she'd say, it was so hot that day. It was so hot that the sun was high in the sky, and, and I didn't go to the well, as you know, Timmy. I, I didn't go to the well like, like other women did early in the morning. I went later in the day, and it was hot. We're talking like Mojave Desert kind of hot, Death Valley kind of hot. Uh, we're talking about like August in Iowa with the index of like 110 kind of hot. Timmy, it was hot that day. And the sun was high in the sky. It was about noon. She took her big ceramic pot and she'd either place it on her head some days or, or she would have a, a bar and she'd have two ceramic jugs on either side and she would take it to go to the well to draw the water. And she just kept saying, oh, Timmy, it was hot that day. And she was wrestling to get to the well. You should have seen her try and play out the, the scene that day. And she said, I started getting close to the well, Timmy. And there was someone sitting at the well. And I got a little closer to the well, Timmy, and... And did you know who was there? A man was sitting at the well. Now, mom would always stop there. She's got, you know, there was no man ever sitting at the well. You see, women would go to the well, but not men. No, men had other things to do. And there, that day, there was this man sitting at the well. And it wasn't just any man. It was a Jewish man. Now let me tell you a little bit about Jews and Samaritans. See, my heritage is that of a Samaritan. My mother's heritage is that of being a Samaritan. And, and we were in Samaria. You see... Jews and Samaritans mix about as well as oil and water. They just don't mix. And mom went to the well that day and there was this man and, and he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. Now what is this Jewish man doing at this well? 
You see, Jews would normally take the several days journey around Samaria, but they wouldn't step foot in, in Samaria. You see, many, 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 many years ago, way on back, uh, the time of the prophets back, right? The Jews, some of them, intermarried with the Gentiles. That's my heritage. That's my mother's heritage. And they would intermingle with the Gentiles, and there were some Jews that, uh, that didn't do that, and so we were ostracized. You didn't know this when I stepped on stage today, but I'm, I'm a mutt. To the Jews, I am a mutt. And here is this Jew, and I, my mother is coming up to the well. Not only was there a Jew sitting at the well, this Jew talked to my mom. You see, normally if you were in any kind of close quarters with a, a Jew and a Samaritan, you'd walk by on the other side. Uh, you know those kind of people, right? Uh, like, uh, like you come in close contact with them and, and, and you know that there's a cultural thing going on and, and you say to yourself, I'm going to ignore you and you're going to ignore me and we're going to go on about our business and get on with our day so that everything's good, right? You understand that? Well, that's what my mom was expecting that day. And yet this Jewish man, looks at my mom and says, will you give me something to drink? Me? You want me to give you something to drink? <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but, but you're a Jewish man. And I'm a Samaritan woman. Like, like, you remember that whole cultural thing? Uh, you're supposed to ignore me. I'm supposed to ignore you. I'm supposed to come and get done what I need done. And you're supposed to do whatever you're supposed to do. I don't know why you're here, but, but why are you even talking to me? Like, are you talking to me? You, you do realize, like, there's this thing that... And this Jewish man was breaking all the barriers. He was breaking down all these, these socially approved ecosystem of culture. And he was breaking through them as if he didn't even care. You want me to give you a drink? I don't know if you know this, but you're a Jew. And I'm a Samaritan. It, he says this crazy thing to my mom. If you knew the one who asks, and the gift of God, he would give you living water. What? Living water? 
Now, I realize in a setting like this, some of you are thinking living water has some kind of a spiritual overtone to it. But let me tell you what it meant to my mom. You see, living water was water that was flowing. It was like a stream. It was cool water. It was healthy water. It was water that flowed through. And, and, and here, my mom, as she would tell the story, she would say, he offered me living water. And I thought, yeah, right. What makes you so special? What makes you so special, Jewish man, that you can offer me living water? You know whose well this is? You know whose well you're sitting at right now? You're a Jew in Samaria. You're at my well asking me if I can give you a drink. And you're saying you can give me living water? Water that flows? You see, my mom was thinking physically. She kept asking, Do you know who's well you're at this is Jacob's well you know like Abraham Isaac and Jacob that kind of Jacob's well like way way back before all of this division Jacob's well what makes you so special you greater than Jacob do you realize that Jacob's family drank from this well do you realize that his kids drank from this well? Do you realize that, that Jacob's goats drank from this well? That his llamas and sheep and mules and donkeys, they all drank from this well? What makes you so special? Are you greater than Jacob? And mom would say, you never guess what came out of his mouth next. Anybody who drinks from this well is going to be thirsty again. But the water that I give him, he'll never thirst. And it's going to well up inside of him to eternal life. Now, my mom was tired of going to the well. She desperately wanted to get away from the hot afternoons uh, where she would have to carry the, uh, the large jugs of water back and forth to the well. She didn't want to have to go to the well anymore. Give me the living water. Show it to me, sir. Where is it? Now, here's where the story gets crazy. Here's where it gets shocking. My mom needed this break. She needed to be satisfied in a way she could not be satisfied without this living water that this guy says he's got. But he asks her. He exposes in her Something she didn't want to give. This guy looks at my mom and says, Okay, go get your husband and bring him back. Um, what, what did you say? 
Yeah, you, you heard me. Go get your husband and bring him back. I didn't tell you this about my mom earlier. Uh, I have lots of half-brothers and sisters. My mom's been married five times, six times. It was as if this guy, this Jewish man sitting at the well, offering this thing that my mom desperately wanted, was trying to say, if you want what only I can give to you, you're going to have to give me all that you have. You're going to have to give me the dark places. You're going to have to give me the shadows. You're going to have to give me the skeletons in your closet. Go get your husband, he said. Well, you can imagine what my mom was thinking. How do I get out of here? And so she did what all of us might have done in that very particular situation. She changed the subject. Did I mention that Jews and Samaritans don't get along very well? Uh, that they clash together? That they're like oil and water? They just don't seem to mix? You can put it in a blender, but they always come out separate? Did I, did I mention that? So my mom did what you and I would have done when, when someone is asking you to, to expose the dark places in your life. She goes back to the difference and says... Let's just go back to being separate. She says, uh, obviously you're a prophet because you know stuff about me that you shouldn't know about me. And I'm not sure how that's going on. But, um, you know, you Jews say that we got to worship in Jerusalem. And we say we got to worship over here on the Mount Gerizim. And, and uh, you worship there. I'll worship here and all will be well. Let's just... Go our separate ways and you can keep moving, okay, Jewish man? And this Jewish man looks back at my mom and goes, no, no. I know the history. He knew the history. He knew that the Jews had gone to Mount Gerizim where the Samaritans had worshipped and burned down their temples and destroyed their religious social structure. He knew the tension that exists. She knew it too. And he said, it doesn't matter. Let's not all get hopped up on where we worship. Let's, let's focus in on who we worship and how we worship. Now, my mom is still reeling. You see, this, this, this man had asked of her the thing that she didn't want to reveal in order to have the thing that she most wanted. And she goes, well... I guess the Messiah will decide. I guess he'll tell us and clear this whole thing up for us whenever he gets here. 
you know who the man at the well was? It was the Messiah. The Messiah. And at this point, my mom would always stop. And she'd look at me and she'd say, Timothy, the Messiah was at the well. The Messiah came into Samaria. The Messiah talked to a woman. Timothy, the Messiah came to a place he never should have been to reach someone you would never expect. And my mom lived that out. You see, the Messiah had come to a place that you'd never expect to reach someone you'd never anticipate. And she lived it out. Anybody who would listen, she'd go. She went back even that very day and she went, Hey, you guys got to come hear this guy who told me everything that has ever happened. And from that day forward, her life was different. Because the Messiah had come to the place he never should have been to reach someone you'd never expect. And so she'd say, Timothy, if you're going to follow Jesus, you better be willing to go to the places you should never go to reach the people you'd never expect. Will you? Will you go to the places you should never go to reach the people you'd never expect. Let's pray. God, we're torn by this story. We're torn by this story. As we see the people and the culture dividing lines on ethnicity, on preference, Father, will you disturb in us the culturally comfortable ecosystem? And give us the boldness and the strength to go to places we should never go so that we might reach those we'd never expect. Change the story. Change the culture through us. And help modern families become unmodern ones. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.